Welcome to High Ticket Woman, the podcast for Christian women who are relationship challenged, and they know that to make changes, it starts with them wanting more, expecting more, and becoming more. Here's your host, Debbie Cottle. There was a popular pop song when I was a teenager called Let's Talk About Sex. And the lyrics start off like this. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Well, ladies, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about sex. So welcome to welcome back to another episode of High Ticket Woman, where today, yeah, we're going to have a frank, honest conversation about sex. Because, you know, I work with too many women whose lives have been messed up by sex. So let's start off with an important question. What do we, what do you and I as Christian women believe about sex? What's the purpose of sex? Why did God create sex? Is it just a biological urge that has to be satisfied whenever, with whomever, or is there something far more to it than that? The reason why this is such an important issue is because we are bombarded with messages all around us about sex. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything without seeing that, right? We talked about that last time. And We're bombarded with messages about the purpose of sex. Society tells us that sex is casual, that sex is separate from a meaningful relationship, and that you as a woman should be able to have sex with a guy. And of course, we use all sorts of terminology to describe that these days. So we can say you hook up with a guy and it doesn't mean anything. That's what society says. But I want you to ask yourself, Is that really true? Have you ever been able to walk away from a sexual encounter and not wonder or worry about whether he's really interested in you, whether you're going to hear from him again? How many times have you connected sexually with a guy in the hope that you would feel something, anything closer to him? that you would get some sense of value about yourself from him by having sex with him? And have you gotten to the point where you don't feel as much sexually as you used to? In other words, you've sort of numbed yourself to the sexual experience because that can happen. We can get to a point where we even tell ourselves that sex doesn't really mean anything special. But you know, God didn't wire us that way as women. So let's go back to the beginning, the, the original intention for what sex is actually for. And the answer is simple. The biblical answer is simple. Sex is for marriage. It's for a husband and a wife. It's meant to produce children, yes, but it's also the ultimate physical expression of the love and commitment two people have made for each other. 
And so sex in that context is very different than sex outside of marriage. Just stop and think about all the problems that have been created in our world as a result of taking sex out of marriage. I'm just going to name a few. Unwanted pregnancies, teenage pregnancies, STDs, broken marriages as a result of infidelity. And we could go on, right? If people were actually to save sex for marriage, to keep sex within marriage, all of those problems I just mentioned would go away. Every single one of them. It would be like taking an eraser and just wiping away every one of those societal issues. Gone. Wow. No more teenage pregnancy. No more unwanted pregnancies. No more divorce as a result of infidelity. That's amazing. No more STDs. But why did God even say, why did God say sex should only be for marriage? Is that even relevant today? Does it even matter? Because you know, lots of people, maybe even yourself included, believe it's not relevant. They believe that's just an old fashioned rule. It doesn't apply anymore. But I want you to stop and ask yourself, why did God have it in the Bible in the first place? Well, I want you to think about when you were a little girl and you had, hopefully, a father who was around and in the home. And if you didn't, that also has a huge impact on this discussion, right? But if you did have a loving father, a father who was physically present at the very least, what did you want and need from him? Well, you needed him to help guide you through and navigate through relationships and understanding about boys and keeping you safe from guys who would harm you, right? Amongst many other things. You needed his protection, whether you actually got that from him or not. You needed him to teach you how to be treated by a boy and ultimately a man and how not to be treated. So when we hear about the proverbial father who meets that first boy you go on a date with and your father says to that boy, you better treat my daughter with respect or you're going to answer to me. You better have her home by such and such time. You better follow my rules or you're not going out with my daughter again. And that boy says, yes, sir. What is, what is that daughter learning from that? What are you learning from that? What's the message that she or you take away from hearing your father say that? Is she not hearing, my dad loves me? I mean, yeah, she might be rolling her eyes and going, dad, you're embarrassing me. Please stop. But on the inside, is she not learning that her father cares about her, about her safety, that he values her enough to confront this boy and let this boy know that there are certain expectations and standards that have to be met in order for dating his daughter? that dating her is a privilege? Well, I want you to consider that the same is true for your heavenly father because he loves you that much. And in fact, he loves you more. And he wants to protect you and me in the same way. So have you ever thought about the rules that he puts in place about sex in that way? 
that they're actually meant for our protection. You know, I grew up in a pretty strict, pretty conservative home, and my parents wouldn't let me date before I think, I don't know, the age of 17, which means I never had a boyfriend while I was living at home. I, I mean, I had a boy who liked me and I liked him back, but I never actually got to go on a date with him. And there was only one exception to this. A different guy at my church asked my dad if he could take me out. I was about 15 at the time. And my dad said, yes, but only if your parents go along. <laughs> so the four of us did go out for dinner and a movie. And that was the one and only time I went on a date before I went to college, believe it or not. But you know what? I didn't miss out on anything, at least anything good. I did miss out on a whole lot of potential bad things, though. I missed out on boys just wanting to get into my pants. I missed out on boys who would likely say and do stupid stuff that could have hurt me. Why? Because they were young and emotionally and mentally immature, and they didn't know how to treat girls. So in other words, I missed out on broken hearts and damaged self-worth. And I didn't actually date again until I went to college. And at that point, I began to date a lot, but I was at a private Christian college and there were strict rules there too, let me tell you. So I was protected there as well. I wasn't going on on dates with guys who were going to hurt or harm me in any way. And I wasn't having sex. In fact, the first time I had sex was with my first husband. And I didn't miss out on anything by that. I didn't feel neglected. I didn't feel like I had been shorted. I felt protected. Protected from all the things that I now have to work with women about. Women who've had an endless stream of men in their lives. A revolving door of men who come and go, who all want something, and almost always that something is sex. And each one of those women is coming to me now wondering why they haven't found a man who will stick around. Some of them are still hopeful. Many are not. And many are angry with men because they've given themselves to men in cheap and easy ways, in painful ways, in ways that have shamed and embarrassed them. Maybe because they were asked to do things they weren't comfortable doing in ways that they weren't comfortable being touched. And, you know, the messaging out there is that that's what you should be cool with now, right? That's what's going on. That's what's modern. That's what's trending and societally acceptable. This is what guys want. This is how you hold on to a guy. And But the problem is every time we have a sexual encounter with a man, no matter what it is, it leaves an impression on us about what's expected of us, about the way men are, about the way we are. So look at yourself. Look at what your past has taught you. And this isn't about trying to shame or guilt you at all. This is just about honesty. This is about instead of us defending or justifying the reasons we do something that a part of us knows we shouldn't, it's about asking ourselves, why do I do this? Who am I actually listening to? Am I letting men and society tell me what I should and should not be doing about sex? Or am I letting God talk to me? 
has God actually given these rules, not just guidelines, but actual rules about the purpose of sex? Because he's old fashioned, he's a prude, he doesn't want anybody to have a good time. Or, or is there a far more important reason that actually stems from loving you deeply and wanting you to have the very best possible experience with the right man who respects and values you fully? I want you to ask yourself that. And if you have a history of casual encounters with men, I want you to be honest with what that's done to you, how that's affected even the way you view sex. Because again, I work with so many women who once they do get married, find that they don't even enjoy sex in the way that they hoped to because sex had a different meaning attached to it when they were just out hooking up with guys. So it became difficult for them to let their guard down, to be fully vulnerable with their husband, to not feel like sex was an obligation, something they had to do to make a guy happy. You see how we can get so many false beliefs around sex and intimacy and even emotional intimacy when we engage in sex outside of marriage. And finally, with that honest look at yourself, I want you to decide what you really want. Do you want connection and commitment from a man? What would happen if you took sex off the table and made him have to put effort into getting to know you, not just your body, because you see there's so much more to you than just your body. So instead of just getting to know you in a sexual way, what if you required a man to get to know the inner you, the amazing, beautiful woman you are on the inside? What if you let sex be the ultimate reward for both of you that comes after the after effort has been put into forming a relationship and commitment it, that comes after marriage? What might change? It's your decision. So you decide. But if what you're doing right now isn't working, maybe, just maybe, it's time to try something radically different. Ladies, that's it for this episode. Don't forget to go get my free guide, the 10-step relationship rescue roadmap. You can find that at my website, debbiecoddle.com. And if you haven't already, come join my private Facebook group. It's a growing community of women and a handful of men too. And I have all kinds of free relationship tips and videos for you. And every two weeks, I go live to answer any relationship questions you want to send me, anything that comes to mind. So the way to access that will be in the write-up. I'll see you next week. For more episodes, just go to debbiecoddle.com. And while you're there, get your free copy of my guide, 10-Step Relationship Rescue Roadmap.